Hello, this is Super Informed Radio, the official Unisuper podcast. I'm Lyndon and this is our monthly investment market podcast. As usual, with me is economist and investment manager from our investment team, David Colosimo, to give you the lowdown on last month and look ahead to May. David, welcome back. Thank you, Lyndon. David, I don't know if you uh, clocked this before jumping behind the mic over there, but this is actually the first anniversary for these podcasts. We started them pretty much a year ago to the day. A lot has happened in markets since we started. Sure has, Lyndon. I just want to say it's been a pleasure to create them with you. So hopefully our members are finding them helpful as well. Likewise, David. All right, let's jump straight into it. Um, April, it looked like it was a pretty good month for shares. Yeah, both uh, US and Australian shares were up 1% to 2% for the month of April. Uh, But it wasn't all smooth sailing. There was some volatility in both markets during the month. And reporting season has started in the US. What's been going on there? That's right. So, so far, about half of the 500 biggest companies in the US have reported. Uh, Of those, about four out of every five have beaten analyst estimates. So relative to expectations, it's actually going quite well. Uh, But those expectations were pretty weak to begin with. It now looks like earnings will be about 4% lower compared to this time last year. So that's better than the 7% fall that analysts expected at the start of April. But when earnings are negative, that's generally a pretty weak environment. We're also still seeing profit margins compressing, which has happened over the last year or two. Um, So that's continued this quarter. So that's pushing earnings backwards, even though revenue growth is modestly positive at 3%. And are there any results or share price moves in particular that you've found interesting, David? Well, this really continues the trend of the last few months, but the big winners again are many of those mega cap tech names. So names like Meta, which is the parent of Facebook, uh, and Microsoft, they both beat the market's earnings estimates. Um, They were up 13% and 7% respectively in April, and Google and Amazon were up as well. Uh, In contrast, uh, Tesla was down more than 20% as they announced the need to drop their prices to maintain sales. Um, Outside of the mega caps, uh, a lot of the computer chip companies like Texas Instruments and Qualcomm, they were down 8 to 10% in April. Uh, Demand for electronic goods that uses those computer chips is really starting to slow now. And uh, finally, the other result I found really interesting was from the package delivery service UPS, uh, because delivery services are quite representative of the demand for goods, and management there signalled weaker revenues and margins, so their share price was down 7% in April. Now, that company sits in an index of transportation companies, and that index is often seen as a bellwether of the economic cycle, and it was down 3% in the month. So last month when we sat down to do this podcast, David, we were talking about the problems in the US banking sector and it was kind of looking like conditions were stabilising, but things seem to have flared up again. Yeah, this time it was the uncertainty centering around a bank called First Republic. Uh, It released its first quarter result and that really revealed the magnitude of its deposit outflows. Uh, Management also announced the need for some asset sales. So its shares fell another 75% in April, and it's now down 97% from early March. So its position as an independent institution is starting to look untenable. And over the weekend, US regulators were asking other US banks to submit bids for a takeover. So that may be resolved by the time many are listening to this podcast. 
So this did put pressure on share prices across the entire banking sector. But there's a real difference now between banks that have handled rising interest rates well and those that haven't. So the most recent reporting season showed the four biggest US banks all beat expectations and they're managing to attract deposits from some of the smaller banks. So despite some falls towards the end of the month, share prices at the four biggest banks and some of the stronger regional banks were actually all higher in April. JP Morgan, for example, was up more than 6% and it's now down only 4% from early March before these banking problems emerged. All right, so that's the US. What about Australian shares, David? Well, as I mentioned earlier, Australian shares were up 2% in April, uh, and we saw quite broad-based gains across the market. Uh, the one exception was resources, where shares fell by 2% overall. Um, the three biggest companies in that sector are BHP, Fortescue and Rio, and they were all down 6 to 7% as iron ore prices fell during the month. Iron ore prices were softer because uh, some Chinese steel mills close for maintenance and there are concerns that Chinese authorities could cap steel output this year. Now, this was in contrast to the gold miners who were benefiting from a really high gold price. Uh, Australia's largest gold miner, Newcrest, uh, which is also experiencing a takeover bid, was up nearly 8% in April. Uh, we are seeing continued interest actually in acquisitions across the resources sector. This is particularly so in the lithium space, which is an important commodity in the decarbonisation process. There were takeover bids on Explorers Liontown and Essential Metals in recent months, uh, though not all of those have been successful. And David, last month you were mentioning that there was a new governor at, uh, I think it was the Bank of Japan. Did anything happen there? Uh, yeah, he just concluded his first meeting as governor last week. Uh, he left both the short and long-term policy rates there unchanged, but he did change the communication. So there's no longer this promise that uh, rates are expected to continue to remain unchanged. Um, keep in mind, the Bank of Japan is the last of the advanced economies that's been holding on to those really stimulatory settings at near zero. Um, but just like other countries, we are starting to see underlying inflation in Japan accelerating. It's now the strongest in about 40 years. So it is likely we'll see some kind of change to policy this year. All right, looking ahead to May now, David, what are you looking out for this month? Well, locally, the big event's going to be the federal budget. Uh, monthly numbers are showing that the Australian government finances are tracking more than $20 billion better than what was forecast last year. So the big question is going to be, how much of that windfall is the government going to use to ease the cost of living pressures? Keeping in mind, of course, that uh, any additional stimulus might actually add to inflation pressure. And speaking of those inflation pressures, what are you expecting for interest rates this month? Well, the RBA board meet tomorrow, uh, May 2nd. Uh, that may have already occurred by the time some of our listeners hear this. Um, but during April, inflation data was actually weaker than expected for the first time in two years. So it does look like the RBA will hold rates steady again in May just as they did in April. Uh, but I do still expect that they're going to indicate that rates will probably have to move higher. Uh, the US Federal Reserve, meanwhile, meets on the 3rd of May. Uh, even though some Fed staff are now actually outright forecasting a recession in the US, the inflation data is still looking quite sticky there. So it does look like they'll hike by another quarter of a percentage point this month. 
Now this will take rates above 5%, so it does feel like they're getting close to the end now. And I suppose we've also got the last half of US reporting season as well, David, but is, is there anything for Australian companies? Well, Australian companies only report every six months, unlike the US where they report quarterly. Now, most Australian companies will see them actually report in August when we'll get their end of financial year results. But three of Australia's four major banks have a September year end, so they'll be reporting their half-year results over the next week or so. So for most other companies, they don't report for another three months, but they are now starting to get good visibility on how things are shaping up. So for those companies where things are not going well, we can actually have a bit of a confession season in May as they make announcements to soften earnings expectations. So there's a really important conference this week and many Australian companies will be presenting there. So we could see some downgrade warnings as early as this week. Excellent. Well, David, as always, thank you for joining us and uh, we'll see you next month. Thanks, Lyndon. Looking forward to it. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you for tuning in. A quick reminder that in the coming days, our Chief Investment Officer, John Pearce, is going to be releasing his next quarterly investment update video, which will be giving a broad overview of what's been happening in markets. So do keep an eye out for that one on our website. Don't miss out on future episodes of this podcast, by the way. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts or check unisuper.com.au forward slash podcasts at the start of each month. Also, don't forget to download the Unisuper app. You can check your balance, manage your investments and insurance, and if you have a pension account with us, you can manage your pension payments too. It is a beautiful and convenient app experience, and as the tagline goes, it's your super in your hands. So if you're a Unisuper member, head to your app store of choice and get downloading today. We are Unisuper, the place where bright minds and passionate people strive to think great, and create a future worth retiring for. So if you'd like more information about our investments, visit unisuper.com.au. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is of a general nature. It doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, needs, or objectives. Before you make decisions about your super, we recommend you seek financial advice. Also, consider the product disclosure statement and target market determination that's relevant to you. They're available on our website. The past performance of any investment options we discuss isn't indicative of their future performance, and it's worth noting that by talking about certain companies, we aren't endorsing them for inclusion in your personal portfolio.